I think what the pandemic has established is a culture of collaboration among teachers and school leaders. Because we're basically, you know, flying an airplane that we are currently building. And it's a scary ride, right? Hey everyone, and welcome to Cast Teacherly. If you're an educator or just curious about the future of exams, stick around, we've got something interesting for you. I'm your host, Ashna Mutani, and I'm joined today with Francis Jim, an internationally recognized and award-winning teacher based in Manila, Philippines. Jim is a digital learning and innovation specialist with international recognition as one of the 50 best teachers in the world and the first Filipino teacher to represent the Philippines. Welcome, Jim. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me in your podcast. And I'm so honored to share my experience with everyone here. It's our pleasure. We're excited to have you today and talk to you about the future of exams. Can't wait to share all my experiences and insights based on the things that I've been observing and really having us data from from other teachers also. Absolutely. I think having your insight will be great. It will be a different perspective since you're based in Manila. Uh, Would you like to start off by telling us a little bit about the situation in Manila and what kind of distance learning strategy you've been adopting? Of course. So in the Philippines as a country, I think it's very important for me to give you a background of what's happening in the country right now. For the K-12 sector, We follow a different calendar. So we do a June to March calendar. So when the lockdown happened in the Philippines, we were already at the tail end of the school year. But right now, we are already facing the challenges of starting another school year, which should happen in in June. As for the higher education institutions in the country, they follow a different calendar that started September and ends around July, I think, or June. So they're the one that have been badly hit by the lockdown. So they had to transition. So my experience right now is really been working with higher education institutions in terms of, you know, making sure that there's a learning continuity program at the middle of the school year or the term. And right now I'm working in my school as an administrator at the same time also helping other institutions or schools to prepare for the new school year. So, yeah. Distance learning program comes in different modes right now. A lot have transitioned to online learning or online distance learning. Mm. For some, they have done some modular approach to like printed modular approach to to distance learning just to basically make sure that they are accommodating all of their students. But you know, we've undergone a lot of you know hiccups and and, and challenges during the process. So we are learning from our experience, definitely. That's for sure. But we have to reflect slowly on, on, you know, have a good reflection on what has been happening and how we can learn from them. Absolutely. And, and with strategies like online learning, does Manila have the right infrastructure to support these? Well, in general, I can say that speaking of the whole country, I think it will be a very, very challenging aspect of doing online learning is actually on the infrastructure. I think not every place in the country has connection to the internet, but more than the infrastructure, I think it's on the readiness at the side of the students, their parents, and their families. Access to device at home, I think it's very, very challenging as of the moment. So with that challenge on terms of access, online learning has been very, very challenging in the Philippines or in Manila. For example, a lot of universities or some universities have actually, their students 
have actually gave them feedback that online learning was not really working for them because they don't have access to the internet at home or if they have access to the internet at home it's it's not reliable and it's it could be very spotty also or they might have to share the device with their siblings so a lot of challenges actually so a few have done it successfully but a lot of schools right now have had to face those kinds of challenges especially the first week of the rollout i think that was you know that was a very very good learning experience for everyone and then from there on they were able to adjust their policies their programs just to make sure that everyone is accommodated really yeah of course it's so important especially at times like this you know we need to come together to help our students um and make sure they don't feel any pressure um it's interesting because i was just reading an article the other day that was talking about how they were postponing and pre-planning all of the standardized test exams so why don't you tell us your take about assessments during the pandemic yeah a very very delicate topic i would say and you know people will have to agree or disagree with me in the end but i've been very very strong in communicating the message of you know we might need to rethink and reevaluate the purpose of assessment at this time of the pandemic i mean for schools that have been doing or delivering instruction or learning in face to face education or learning mode the kinds of assessments or even the grading systems that they have were designed or devised in such a way that evaluates the learning of students when they're really in front of the teachers for example i just want to give the big idea about assessment in online learning you know it matters that the teacher is not there in front of them sure. it changes the whole learning landscape for both teachers and students so the assessments that have been planned for a face to face learning like quizzes for example or long tests will now have to be reviewed because they might not be helpful anymore when students are now answering the quizzes via online platforms you know if the design of the assessment is open to being cheatable by by students going to google all those kinds of things i mean it will not make sense anymore right so in a way we need to rethink what kind of ideal assessment should still let students demonstrate their learning at this time of the pandemic you know while also opening up for more compassion and empathy what do i mean by having more compassion and you know um an elbow room or empathy right now it's really more of understanding the of the students that we are teaching they might have family members whom they have lost to the pandemic or friends and they might be in a grieving period they might have parents who are essential workers so they are not with them or basically they might not be ready because the environment that they are in it's not a conducive place for learning you know those kinds of things i think it's very very important to consider the context of the students we don't need to lower the standards of assessment of of how we define mastery of learning for for our students but i think we need to give them more time more understanding so that we can guide them well in in the learning process that they are undergoing at this time of the pandemic i agree i think it's very important for worldwide society to acknowledge that we just need to come to a pause it's funny because the other day with the newspaper our house got a very big booklet about university brochures 
And I just thought to myself that which student is possibly thinking about universities when standardized tests, when there's a pandemic going on, you know? But what do you think about the structure at which the education system is? Is it so rigid to the extent where we have kind of set ourselves up to inevitably thinking about standardized tests? Have we set the system in place that we may fail during this pandemic? I think that's a very, very difficult question. <laughs> But I think the basic comment on standardized tests is that, you know, they're, they're being used to measure student learning. And in a way, it becomes challenging for, it gives a sort of big pressure to students and teachers alike. The standardized tests do not measure a lot of essential skills that we need for thriving in the fourth industrial society, right? Standardized tests are very much focused on concepts, ideas, and, you know, skills that may not be transferable at all. Standardized tests have their own merits, but focusing too much, like, you know, instead of gearing up the students, preparing them for life, the temptation really is to prepare them for the standardized tests. It's true. Right? I think, I think that's very, very important to consider. Education was made to prepare students for, for life, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. we build them up to get ready to face the challenges and to thrive when they go out of the classroom. But because of standardized tests, and this is my personal take on this, The temptation, it's easy for teachers to be tempted to really just focus on, on helping students or making sure that the students pass the standardized test without really appreciating what they are learning, right? I think it's also the same sure. thing in, in, in a test in the classroom. If the test in the classroom focuses too much on things that they can learn, things that are very, very conceptual-based, we lose the chance of teaching them about life. And at this time of the pandemic, I think I like that a lot of countries have suspended standardized testing because it will not really, really help. There's so much anxiety about security, about health that is happening right now. And adding to that, you know, rigid standardized test anxiety will not really help students. If we still continue with those things at this time of the pandemic, I think Maybe we're setting them up to fail in the end. Agreed, yeah. And, and why do you think we're setting our students up to fail? What, what's, tell us more about your opinion on that. It's basically because I would like to define success in terms of education when we see our students thriving, trying their best to live out what they have learned outside the four walls of the classroom, right? True. If we set our students up for, you know, they're just good in, in answering a test. And that's the end of it. Like we, we usually see tests as the end of everything. The biggest temptation is even to define a student based on the grades that he or she has gotten from a test. And that has a major implication to the well-being of the student. And we don't want that to happen. We don't want to define our students basically because of a one-time test that happens. Um, I know that a lot of tests, like standardized tests, are high stakes kind of tests, right? And they matter. I also believe that tests are very good instruments also or tools, but we need to go beyond looking at them as, as an end. Maybe we can use assessments or really as, as tools for learning, right? I think that's very, very important. And I think that's the major challenge right now at, the, at this time of the pandemic. We need to make sure that assessments are seen as tools that would help students to learn, not just simply to evaluate where they are. Right. 
because sure. evaluating where they are at this time of the pandemic, you know, it, it gives negative effects for students right now, especially when the circumstances really does not allow them to learn better or to demonstrate their learning better. Yeah. So at this time of the pandemic, we use assessment tools as tools that could help students learn better, not just as end to whatever things we are teaching them. Agreed. And, and I think in general, anyway, students face a lot of anxiety and stress just related to the word assessment. So I can't imagine how much more stress and anxiety must be there while they're also worrying about health, family, and being under lockdown. It all causes so much change and it will affect the way students study. So I think we do need to take a pause or maybe perhaps reevaluate the way we assess. What would you recommend to all of our teachers who are listening right now? How would you like to see assessments ideally happening during this pandemic? Well, um, two things. Number one, I think that we should be ready with how we define successful achievement of learning goals. Why am I emphasizing this? Because I want us to shift into that kind of assessment where we see the learning goals as you know means of feedback to students. A lot of students will do self-paced learning, right? Self-driven learning as of this moment because they cannot go online. So without the help of the teacher beside them during the whole day, I think giving them the learning goals, the learning objectives, making them clear and visible to them would really help them target what they need to learn. At this time of the pandemic, I'm not saying that we should stop learning, that we should stop you know, making sure that our students learn. I think what we want to do is to encourage and support student learning. And one way to do that help them manage their own learning even when they are at home. So feedback matter, making them know the learning goals, the learning objectives of what they're doing also matter. In a way, we're actually helping them lay down the foundations of how they would learn at home. So in terms of assessment, feedback and guidance is really, really helpful for them. Second thing, it's also important that we are ready and clear with the criteria of of saying that they have gotten the lesson well or that they have understood the the lesson or the skills that they need to master. Criteria right now is very, very important, especially when we shift our idea of assessments for learning. More than the grades, like one point here, two points here, or the different grade levels, uh, grading systems that we have. Right now, I think, it's important that we use, you know, um, criteria, maybe rubrics or whatever marking scheme that students can use as a guide for them to know they, that they have gotten it. So in short, maybe we need to focus more of mastery of learning right now instead of simply evaluating where they are, right? I think that's also a very, very important thing to remember. What if we stop evaluating them as of this time? because it may not be helpful, what if we would just focus on guiding them, on supporting them and encouraging them to learn more, to master the skills and the concepts that we're giving them? Absolutely. It's important to just nurture the things they want to learn right now and to make them understand also what's going on. So I think your approach to it is is lovely, Jim. I, I think we're almost coming to a nearing of our ending. So I have one final question for you. Do you think this pandemic will change the way we see the future of exams or the future of education? 
are you actually confident in believing that perhaps this will bring some sort of change into the way our traditional classrooms are? I am hoping that it will. I want to trust that a lot of teachers and school leaders are taking advantage of reevaluating and even reimagining how education should be after the pandemic. And you know, just to be very very honest, I would recommend and suggest that all educators and school leaders should really collaborate. I think that's one learning that I've gotten out of the pandemic in terms of education. The key here is collaboration. My own understanding of assessments and grading might not be at all, you know, in the end, perfectly true. And I'm okay with that because I am sharing it and I am listening to the other thoughts of other teachers and, and school leaders based on their experience. I think the more important thing right now is to really open our mind and listen to how other people have experienced the challenges of assessments, the opportunities right now that we're taking advantage of in terms of reimagining assessment in the classroom. There are a lot of things that are being pushed right now and we are taking advantage of them like for example, a deeper appreciation of online technology tools or digital tools to make sure that there is continuity to learning. And there's a lot of discussion about equitable access right now, right? Yeah, and absolutely. I think these are very, very good reflection points that can be considered um, in terms of assessment, grading, in terms of education in general. I hope that we are able to learn from our own experiences and, and maintain that kind of openness. What has been keeping a lot of schools right now from failing at this time of the pandemic is that I appreciate and I appreciate it is that they have been collaborating. I think what the pandemic has established is a culture of collaboration among teachers and school leaders because we're basically, you know, flying an airplane that we are currently building. And it's a scary ride, right? Because of a stronger sense of collaboration right now, of listening to everyone, like students, parents at the home, and, and teachers, I think that there have been a, a stronger collaboration among every stakeholder of the school community. So I am hoping that we will rise up to the occasion and, and come out better in terms of the way we understand education. But again, only time will tell. Hopefully, we don't go back to the old normal that we <laughs> Hopefully. Have. Right? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we don't carry some of the unnecessary, non-essential things that we've been doing in education to the new normal, right? So, yeah, uh, much hope, much hope right now. And really, I have a great appreciation for all teachers that have been doing all the work that have been expected from them to do overnight, right? So very much uh, a lot of love and appreciation to all teachers and school leaders as of the moment. Yeah, of course. There's just been an incredible amount of work done by our teaching community. And I always say throughout this pandemic, I've always been saying it's just so beautiful the way the education industry has come together to help one another. I, I love seeing it and I love being a part of community. So I absolutely agree with you. The teachers and the senior leaders, they've done a fantastic job. But unfortunately, Jim, this is all the time we have left for today. And it's been such a pleasure having you on our episode. Thank you so much. I enjoyed our podcast interview. And yeah, I hope you continue interviewing a lot of educators and giving them also the platform to share their own experiences. 
Thank this you, will Jen. greatly benefit a lot of teachers around the world. So congratulations and thank you. Thank you so much, Jim. And thank you to our audience for joining us today. If you're interested in reading our blog featuring Jim, please check it out on www.teacherly.io slash blog. And thank you once again, Jim. Thank you so much. Stay safe, everyone, and stay tuned for our next episode here at Cast Teacherly. Thank you.